sausages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Consider the spring. No, the bed spring. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Well, Vives, I know you're experiencing the same thing I am. I've been having some warm temperatures here got up to the 60s i think today yeah too bad i haven't been outside of the house sun is shining birds are singing yep you know what that means spring springs are in the air (laughs) that's right it is time for our first annual spring special here on after these messages i have commercials that all focus on springs in some way or another. Actually, that's not true. The commercials don't all focus on springs, but the commercials are all for products that involve springs. These products do not exist without the invention of the spring. And that's how we're going to welcome the new season in today. Do you think we know who invented the spring? Yes. We do? Yeah. Samuel L. Spring. (laughs) Did you not know that? Really, they didn't teach that in Georgia. They didn't teach that in my. No, it's um, yeah. He was uh, he was a protege protege of Eli Whitney, Um, (laughs) and uh, he looked at the cotton gin and he said, "I don't drink, Uh, but I I do like playing with things." And so he invented the spring. I can't believe they didn't cover this. This is real. This is real borscht belt. Humor you've got going. Today. I'm making it up on the fly. <laughs> give me, give me some credit. It's not like when I was trying to workshop a New Yorker style cartoon oh with you God. before the show regarding cats and their zoomies. Yeah, Andrew does. I have an idea. It's just like Andrew it's does not this formed. thing where he has like a sort of a a half formed idea of a joke, and he brings it to me like a cat with a dead mouse, and says, "Like, can you do something with this?" <laughs> well, can you? No, I can't. Here, you know what? I'm going to share. I'm going to share that idea with the listeners. Yeah, maybe since, the listeners yeah. will do something. With Here's it. the. I mean, I I think it's generous to even call it a seed of an idea, but I think that for those of you who have cats or have lived with cats at some point in your life, you're familiar with the phenomenon of the zoomies, right? This is something that I think every everybody calls it the zoomies. And then at some point we all turned around like, oh, you called the zoomies too? We called the zoomies in our house, right? And it's like the cat has just eaten and then probably used the litter box. And that is the time where the cat just rips around the house. Yeah. Like for some reason just tears around the house, just right? Just doing laps sometimes. Doing laps. And we call it the zoomies. And I just sort of feel like there's some joke with like, like a cat maybe on an airplane surrounded by people, but it's like a, you know, like a person sized cat and he's buckled up and he's something, he's like taking the zoomies to the next level. It's I something see. about like taking yeah. the zoomies. He's no longer just like running around the, the, the basement or the dining room. He's, he's, zooming on a global level but like that's all i got like i I need i need help with this um but also welcome to our spring commercial special so um that's what's coming up today on the show not all that shit about the cats and the zoomies but the stuff about the springs plus um with love from me to youtube uh i just put a link in the show sheet vives of a commercial that i found from a vhs tape from 1995 that is a political ad a very specific political ad i remember it 
giving me a feeling when I first stumbled on it a few months ago, but I don't remember exactly what that feeling was, but it's obviously a Clinton-era political ad regarding Medicare, and boy, it's just of a of a time, certainly. So I'll play that for you, and also we'll check in with the Ad Council. Good, st- Wow, looks like a lot of good stuff in the Ad Council today. Yeah, lots of good stuff in the Ad Council, including a listener who really got a burr in her saddle about a pronunciation issue, so we'll get into that. Maybe the cat has a Burr oh no! In the saddle is. I have is the to be cat... able to use idioms without you always trying to make it into a subpar New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> is the cat on a horse? Is the cat on horseback and he's taking zoomies to the next level? I don't know. It sounds like a problem for the listeners. <laughs> the, the podcast always gets good when you're so mad at me that you refuse to talk. <laughs> So, Veeves, I have a question for you. Yeah. I didn't mean to turn this into trivia time, but this is obviously Heavy D and the boys. And the boys. But do you know this sample, that robot? I don't know. It is um, the original song, Bounce to the Ounce, was by Zap. Zap and Roger, which, you know, our good friend Camaro Kev kind of introduced us to that whole world of, of... Funk yes. and proto funk, and so I wasn't sure if if all of your late night karaokeing adventures with Camaro Kev would have led you down the road of zaps. Unless it's one of his like go to ten karaoke songs, yeah. I a lot of that stuff kind of is in. I don't want to say in one ear and out the other with me, but like I'm. Let's say I'm not in like peak retention mode when I'm out at karaoke at one in the morning and also i even though he loves that kind of music i don't think it he lends really itself to it. because it's just like robot voices saying Mouth. although i'm going to suggest that the next time i'm going to say like you should really broaden it's your, mostly an instrumental genre i think that song is like a nine minute instrumental <laughs> with a robot every now and then that says bounce, bounce. that would be the kind of karaoke song that anyone could do successfully exactly because you can just kind of lay back and just yeah. kind of let the music do the work exactly absolutely when I say that we're doing a show about springs. I think a big chunk of our audience, especially those my age or older, immediately thought of one thing. Slinky toys are fun toys. What walks downstairs alone or in pairs and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's slinky. It gives a big lift when wrapped as a gift. A very likable toy. It's falling in place, brings smiles to your face. Something kids can enjoy. It's slinky, it's slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's slinky, it's slinky. It's fun for a girl and a boy. And slinky mobiles with big slinky wheels and pistons that move as you go. It makes a great sound when you pull it around. The driver's an old-timey fellow. A slinky dog, <laughs> a slinky train, many more wonderful toys. You tug the string, they do their thing. They're great for girls and boys. They're slinkies, they're slinkies, really wonderful toys. They're slinkies, they're slinkies, they're fun for girls and boys. Slinky, Slinky Dog, Slinky Mobile, all Slinky Toys sold separately by James Industries. That commercial came out in the 1970s, but I love how consistent Slinky was with their branding and the earliest commercials going back to the 1960s to the later ones that I found in the late 80s, and I don't know if it went beyond that. You know, in the 80s, they're advertising the plastic colored ones, but they always stuck with that song, but they'd always update the song too based on whatever the latest version of a Slinky was. I've seen, of course, I know Slinky and I've seen Slinky Dog. I didn't know about Slinky 
car or whatever. I didn't know it about was. Slinky Dog either. Oh well, I knew about it because I'm pretty sure Slinky Dog is one of the characters in Toy Story. Um, so I don't know if that's why that. I knew about it, but it's a very familiar looking toy to me. The Slinky Mobile, I guess it was called, is they're like really working hard to make it do something fun and sort of self. Uh, you know, self-moving the way the Slinky Dog and the Slinky original flavor is. But really, it's just four wheels made of spring, uh, made of a Slinky that's been connected at the ends. Yeah, even the dog you have to pull. But the dog moves its back legs because right. the Slinky moves it. The, but the, the, this the mobile is just like, does nothing. The mobile, just, they just take four Slinkies and they, and they kind of turn them into wheels. And then, yeah, it's hard to they kind try of to be like, oh, it has pistons. Come right, on, yeah. Slinky. Um, come it on. looks cool, I will on, say Slinky. that. Yeah. And I if love I that saw they... it, If I saw it at a, you know, a flea market or something, I'd for sure get it. And I love that the line is, um, it's driven by an old fellow. Uh, or an old-fashioned fellow. <laughs> an old-fashioned fellow. I love that line. That's a real standout for me. Also, one thing I like about this, and all these commercials throughout the, the decades were very similar. They just simply showed kids playing with yeah. it and it wasn't even like a montage of kids around the world or around the it's country the same two kids it was just like this whole commercial which is a full minute long just as two boys actually that's no kind i of, think it's a boy a oh, it is for a, a bo- girl gonna, and a boy i was gonna say the fact that they're so gendered in the actual song yeah I, they, they so it is a boy and a girl like let's say a I brother think the and one sister with knee kind of socks is the girl okay here's what i find fascinating about this like they're just in like some I, I i'm assuming it's a set i don't think it's a real uh a real living room that they're playing in but there's some stairs and just you know it's got wallpaper it just looks like a kid's playroom from the early 1970s but like the production value is just such that like one of the kids shoes is untied did you notice (laughs) that look at this like it's i I think it's untied for most of it but look at this one shot right here they're having it go down the stairs the kid's shoe is untied it's like hey come on we got to clear this out for mr ed yeah like uh i don't know just like so oh and then also the the last comment i had about it is they they do the classic slinky going down the stairs but then in a bunch of commercials i watched they're trying to turn slinkies into something that goes down ramps as well so yeah. they're like leaning a board up and then the kid gets so excited I guess they're racing because the one kid gives a, a fist pump and he yells yeah when his slinky sort of slides and sort of yeah. walks down well, a they ramp even, they sh- I like how they show the kids setting up a board to be a ramp in the room they're like yeah. this is a real how to yes exactly here's a, almost the same exact commercial in black and white and I'm assuming this one is from the 1960s but... no, it's no it's the it's, same one because same footage. The, 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 the shoe is still untied. I don't know why it's in black and white and color. Um, okay, we had to do that. But speaking of... A lot of, of people probably only had black and white televisions. Oh, it so might maybe be they, that it would, they cut it would show versions. up better uh, in black and white on a black and white television. Um, I was also thinking about pens. I, can't, I almost, at one point during today's production, switched gears and just wanted to do a whole show about pen commercials. Wow. There are not a lot of modern commercials for pens, but there are way more commercials for pens than you think. Mm-hmm. And I was able... And not just fancy Mont Blanc pens. Well, that's the thing. I was really trying to... Fo- so I'm going to play three pen commercials for you here in a row because I, I just wanted to play for you what I find to be the Possible most interesting. Possible show title, title, Pen and Seller. <laughs> pretty good write it down of course now we can't use it because you said it during the show and Genevieve has a rule that if we come up with something clever I don't during the show like it if it's said during the show um, 
So that's why if I ever have a good idea for a show title as I'm producing the show, I will pretend <laughs> like I didn't think of it earlier. And then later on, I'll be like, oh, I know what we can name it. Um, so I tried to only show you commercials for pens that actually contain a spring in them. Unfortunately, the vast majority of pen commercials I found were for like Bic pens that don't have springs. Mm -hmm. Just uh, what are they called with the, where they have like the it's like the felt or whatever that's just soaked in ink or it's just a ballpoint pen but uh, it doesn't have a clicker on it uh, you know the only, the only kind word i was looking oh, for a felt pen but also like even a ballpoint pen like the clear plastic yeah. thick ones um so i'm gonna play three commercials for you here but i cheated the last one actually doesn't have a spring in it but i got to share it with you okay when I was striking out and finding commercials for pens with springs, I thought, you know what? I'll bet you I can find an ad for one of those frivolous, fun pens from our youth from Bic that had four different colors in it. It's so visceral. Like, it's so visceral. I can, I can feel the feeling of those four colors under my thumb. I can remember. And then you could kind of sort of, and of course, for me, everything became kind of deconstructed because I'm a fiddler, right? So I'd yeah. fiddle with a pen and then you could sort of like those plastic parts would sort of come out, the colored parts, and you could kind of swap them around. Like let's say you wanted to prank somebody, you could make the uh, the red, the green or whatever. Yeah, um, diabolical. Yeah, and I just, and sometimes you would accidentally jam two down at the same time yep. and they get stuck and then that would be shitty. Also, do you remember they updated that one too because I remember like the this classic one from the 80s, four colors, black, blue, green, and red. But then I remember in the 90s having one that that had like purple, pink. I think I might have had like six or eight different colors, and they weren't just the, they they were they were more exotic. I definitely had a pen that was like a novelty pen, and I would bet anything that I got it in like a Christmas stocking stuffer. Mm -hmm. um, it was a saw. It was a it was a bigger around pen. It was probably like size of a quarter around. Oh, that's real thick. And it had like yeah, it had way more colors. It had mm -hmm. like fifteen colors or something around it. And that was fun, but it never really worked great. Like, mm -hmm. it was a fun concept, but I think there was just too many moving parts in it. It was too much. And so about half the time, you would, like, push down a color, and you would get, like, no ink coming out. So this is for the classic four-color original um, pen, and I'm guessing this is from the 1980s. And all you see is a notepad with somebody drawing a, a pretty – pretty good pretty sophisticated sketch of first a city and then an ocean and the voiceover will sort of do the work for me here um but then the the drawing sort of comes to life as it's being drawn because bick's new four color pen writes black out of it can come a shining black city and because the big writes blue a still blue sea and because the big writes green a terrible green monster can come out of the sea to eat the city and because it writes red, crackling red rockets that scare the monster back into the sea. Bic's new four-color pen. It's four times as much fun as a one-color pen. Then at the end, the sea monster takes a bite out of the pen. Uh, I love the fact that the red rockets just frighten the monster back into the sea. <laughs> I legitimately like that, that they don't show it like getting like mutilated. I don't know if it's the quality, just the age of the of the video or the footage or whatever, but... By the end, none of except for the red rocket, none of the colors looked like remotely like the monster yeah, it was didn't look very green, muted, the city right? didn't look black. 
Yeah, and very... you're, of course, you're looking at a mirrored image of my computer, yeah. so whatever. But uh, I, I do think that with age, some of the saturation of that yeah. film stock kind of got I'm lost. I'm sure that's the yeah. issue, yeah. Um, so, Veeves, every now and then when we are doing this show and we come across a commercial for, let's say, coffee, sometimes cigarettes, Sometimes products aim directly at women, but they come from like the 1960s or the 1970s. It really exposes just the rampant sexism of our society, right? Yeah. I think I have here in front of me one, maybe not the, but one of the most sexist commercials <laughs> we have dis- or will have discussed on this show. That is a wild, that is, that's a, that's a wild uh, statement because we've seen some ones where it's like, honey, I nailed my secretary because your coffee sucks so exactly, bad. Exactly, right. And then the wife going to her friend next door and saying, what can I do? He's nailing the secretary, yeah, right? So, but my coffee's just so bad. Well, I would say that this next commercial features nothing but women. So there's no there's no sexist male in so this it commercial. It does pass the Bechdel test. Well, it kind of depends on what they're talking about, right? Yes. We So this is, I believe, a British commercial. Do you know Parker Pens? No. Parker Pens is a famous brand of pen. Now, I grew up in a somewhat middle-brow culture, maybe at best, but I remember even in our house knowing that Parker Pens were fancy pens, and my dad got a couple of, like, samples of Parker Pens uh, when we were kids, and uh, he gave one to me and one to my sister. Unfortunately, I got one that was camo, which was why I know it was a sample, but I remember, like, I remember my dad literally, like, writing the word smooth on a piece of paper, just like, this Parker Pen. Well, this commercial goes back to, I want to say the 1970s, and this is a British commercial, and we see a bunch of young women uh, sitting in chairs, and how would you describe this setting, Vives? It's kind of like a very stuffy-looking sort of, uh, kind of a classroom, sort it's of. It's set but... up like a classroom, but the furniture is more like a salon. More like of. a salon, Not, and I don't yeah. mean like a hair salon, like a like a like a sitting room. Yes, which is um, strange. The it's wall... very seventies, but but pretty formal looking in, yeah. in decor. And we have a woman at the front of the class. She's slightly older, and she is teaching these young women and. Really, Genevieve, she is preparing them Uh-oh. for their future. Well, girls, your last day at the Zermatt School for Young Ladies. Your final and most important lesson. How to spend Daddy's lovely money. Checkbooks open, girls. Pens at the ready. No, 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 Felicity. You couldn't possibly go shopping in Knightsbridge with one of those. A pen with style. A pen with elan. A Parker lady in white rolled gold. Lots just seem to roll from its tip. Signatures flow with a flourish. Now then, all together, girls. Yes, Celia? Madame, does one spell pence with an S or a C? I don't think you need worry about that, my dear. The Parker Lady in white roll gold, £9.95. Wow. Okay, so first of all, this is a pen for ladies. For ladies. It's the Parker Lady. And And in case the, the audience who couldn't see the visuals didn't quite get that, the... Teacher pulls down a uh, what would you call that sort of a um, what do you even call that? She called pulls down sort of an image. Yeah, and one it's of those a, ones that, that rolls up on a 
you know, uh, spool of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And says, we're going to teach you how to write checks in daddy's checkbook now that you're ready to graduate. And then they, and then the hilarious joke is at the end is that, um, one of the girls and they're really all adult women for whatever reason. One of the women says, how do you spell pence as in pennies, the, the British pennies. And the the headmistress says something like, "Well, you're not going to need to know how to spell that because you'll it's a it's exactly. an irrelevant currency to you." Is that not amazing? It is amazing. It's almost like I'm almost not offended by it because it's so over the top. Like I feel like huh. even even, a, even in its time, it was like pretty cheeky. And I mean, yes, it's yeah, sexist. maybe that's true. Like it is sexist, but it was almost like they they were. They were making a sexist commercial as a joke yeah, about sexism. Yeah, in the same way that, like, of. when you know, like the you remember the Man Show from probably uh-huh. twenty years ago now, thirty years ago, the Man Show was well aware that it was sexist, that it was mm-hmm. chauvinism. You know, like yeah. that was its point. And yeah. I feel like for whatever reason, Parker Penn's is like people are going to really get a kick out of this mm-hmm. this uh, this chauvinism, and mm-hmm. and so it's hard to imagine. I mean, I feel like maybe they're talking to the, all the daddies out there who are like, oh, you know, that's my that's my little girl. She loves to spend my money. This will be a great, a great stocking stuffer for her or whatever. Ten dollars for a pen or ten pounds for a pen mm-hmm. whenever that came out would have been an expensive pen. Do you think I'm right on the era? I put that as a 1970s commercial. Could like that be 70s. more modern? But it's like, no, no. Okay. I mean, I think you're right from the fashion and mm. the and the film quality and everything like late 70s, maybe. Mm. So this last pen commercial I'm, I'm going to play for you is, again, it's cheating. This is not uh, a pen with a spring. But I thought this was just too interesting to pass up. And after playing those other two commercials, I don't think I can get you to do another show based just on pens. So, so let's yeah, do this you now. You've got to grab grab this while you are while you have the mic. While I have the mic. So um, I remember... I would have you could have you could have waterboarded me. I mean, I don't know why you're taking it there, Genevieve, but you could have waterboarded me and I would have <laughs> never come up with this name. But um, as soon as I heard the term, I was like, that's right. We had one of those. Do you remember Bic had something called a banana pen? I don't. It I'm was, not as steeped. I'm, le- I'm realizing now that there's a whole area of your childhood and I thought I knew everything, but there's a whole lot of like pen lore oh yeah that i was that was not visible well to you me. know that we've been together for is it 21 or 22 now 22 years now right as of last january i think 22 it, i guess yeah. it doesn't really matter we don't have to do that on the podcast but like this pen i'm holding up here my big rollerball uh micro point like i've been using these since the 90s because my dad used them yeah, and like you're and very so loyal I use them, to I'm, them. I'm incredibly loyal to them yeah. if they ever stop making them i don't know what i'll do um yeah we I, i'm very particular about pens and the other kind of pen i remember from my youth were the big pens that were see-through they were clear with then the cap was the color of whatever the ink was right can you picture that a red cap a black cap or a blue cap but the the pen itself it was hexed like a pencil sort of and it was totally clear see-through you can't remember that i mean i've seen a see-through clear plastic pen i just don't think that i was like dialed into the nuances as you are interesting well anyway i probably saw i'm sure i've seen this famed banana pen at well some yeah point. so that was one Maybe thing if i see it here i'll be yeah. like oh of now course. this banana pen is kind of similar in the shape and feel i believe it was hexed like a pencil but it was of course a plastic tube but this uh pen had a i believe felt tip genevieve you set us up perfectly for this before <laughs> um but the reason this commercial is notable is because it's a mel brooks commercial wow. now i haven't done much 
research on this, so I don't know if Mel Brooks wrote it or directed it. You don't see him. You only hear him. He's doing the voiceover. It's really grainy. Do not use any of these images for the show yeah. pick today, Veeves, because it's so grainy. You're going to hate it. But it's an old woman or an oldish woman, and she's sitting down at, I guess, her kitchen table, and she's got a she's got a bunch of blank pieces of paper in front of her. She also has a bowl of fruit in front of her, as you just would, right? Like decorative fruit, but also that you can eat. Um, and... <laughs> For some reason, she just starts picking up the fruit and tries writing with it. Don't write with a peach. If you write with a peach, you'll get a very wet letter. Don't write with a prune. Words will come out wrinkled and dopey. Let's face it. The only fruit you can write with is a banana. The big banana, a fine line marker. Not to be confused with a ballpoint. Writing a letter to your son, right? Right. Usually you write, dear son, how are you? I'm fine. Write that same letter with a big banana. And you get, dear Sonny, I miss your face. Mum. <laughs> See what a nice letter it writes? And then she'd make the little X's for and hugs. And it comes in colors. Most kisses. fruits only come in one color except grapes, which come in two colors and, of course, bits and bitless. Look, if you've got to write with a fruit, write with a big banana. It's only 29 cents. Your best buy in writing fruit. The big banana, a different way to write. Isn't that great? That's amazing. Yeah, I don't recognize that pen. Um, now, Mel Brooks obviously voiced that. Did he? Do you have any indication? No, that that's he, what I was saying. I'm sorry, I don't know if yeah, he wrote oh, okay. it. It sort of feels if it's got his voice. Doesn't don't you get the impression that he was hired just to write something and do it? Like it sort of seems like. He his vibe sort of i mean it's not very funny but um yeah, i mean well. no offense melbrooks but like not everything he did was funny it does was is yeah. funny um that's interesting yeah that's uh it, it's wild to hear his his voice and um yeah i don't know like it it's does, such a it feels so old it's too. so old it looks like it's i mean it's in color but it looks like it's from from the 50s take a look at um this what i'm showing you here this is the clear this is not related to commercials this is me just talking to my girlfriend everybody just chill out for a second um i'm showing you a picture of the clear plastic bic pens with the colorful top do you yes. remember this okay, now yeah. it's called a bic crystal pen you can 50 units for 17.49 all right pretty good price but i'm not gonna I buy it so. i like to use my uh uniballs um okay Let's talk about mattresses. Okay. That was the next thing that I think stood out to me as something that <laughs> did has. You, did you just springs. yeah? Did you just go through a process today of like thinking of all products that have? I springs? tried to. I'll bet you I missed some. Yeah. So I got pens, Slinky. I got another toy one coming up. A yeah. wind up toy. I thought wind up toys, and then I thought of one specific wind up toy that I had and loved during two different phases of my life that I want to share with you. Um, I can't remember what else I have in here, but obviously mattresses are a big one, right? And I thought this was one. Now, this is very visual, um, but Vanna White was a spokesperson. Of course, we all know Vanna White, right? Yes. And she's still kicking, right? Yeah, I think she's, she's still she's doing still it. she's still doing the show? Nice. I think she's still doing the show. Um, doing um, the game Wheel, show, Wheel, Wheel of, Fortune. of Fortune. Exactly. Uh, and, of course, she was also very much a sex symbol in the 1980s. Correct. Uh, as you will see from... 
the comments by gross old men underneath this YouTube video. Um, But let me play this for you. This is for the Spring Air mattress. And it starts with Vanna White sort of, I think, kind of leaning against or maybe somewhat luxuriating on the Spring Air mattress. You know, I could tell you why I sleep on a Spring Air back supporter. Special springs, lots of layers for comfortable support. But... you'd like to see for yourself. Clearwater Mattress has 14 convenient locations in the Bay Area to serve you. I love that old voice. Uh, My dudes, what happened there is while Vanna White is dressed all in pink, suddenly the camera pulls out. She she, uh, slaps on a pair of pink goggles, fires up a pink chainsaw, and just saws the foot of this mattress off, actually the whole bed, and so you can see inside and you can see the springs, which is so funny because you and I kind of grew up thinking that springs are the worst thing you can put in a mattress. Right. Like, well, don't you sort of feel like nowadays, not grew everybody's, up. maybe not grew up, but maybe like now everybody's like trying to distance them, themselves from the springs. Yeah. Now it's all about the foam mattresses. But we got a foam mattress um, from a sponsor of yours at one point, And I we chucked it out mm-hmm. in favor of our spring mattress. What get back to me when they I mean, maybe we just haven't tried the really good foam mattresses. I've, I've laid out on one of the purple mattresses. And I would say if I if. You know, when the day comes for us to replace our current mattress, which is a traditional spring mattress, um, I would look at some of the foam ones, but I need a firm mattress and a lot of the foam ones do not get me there. I just want to share with you. I mean, these comments are not like super gross, but I just, I, there's just something about the people who feel compelled. And I am I get a little bit of this now, too, and I don't want to discourage it. But like just the weird randos who will comment on random old commercials on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it's it is kind of important to our brand at this point, I think. But but yeah, like for us, like a lot of the conversation will happen on Facebook. But like if I post something that is related to Disney, somebody might. Well, that's kind of that's a whole different universe because right. then people will, will always hit me up and be like, "Do you have, do you have this Disney <laughs> yeah, cartoon like, from this?" I'm just like, "Dude, how no. do I'm how like, do how I explain do to you like this is a one off?" But then there are people who just like see a vintage commercial of Vanna White sawing part of a bed and like. Andrew Flood, eight years ago, wrote NICE COMMERCIAL in all caps (laughs) and five exclamation points, like super excited about it. Somebody wrote, I'm impressed by the pink chainsaw, to which somebody replied, dude, it's just a toy. Um, Like already fighting about this. Uh, Best Man Me 08 commented, Vanna is one of the sexiest uh, 11 years ago. Somebody else said, Beast, lol. I don't know why I'm obsessed with these, but just like, why did somebody write Beast, lol, underneath this? Well, you know, it's it's beast-like to chainsaw the matches, yeah. I guess. I mean, I agree with you. Like, the people who feel compelled to comment, to say something, not the people who are trolls, not the people who are being awful on YouTube. This but, is weird. But there's nothing on this. Even one of the sexiest doesn't bother me. Like, No. Well, but, here's the only, and you thought that, all those hands could do was reveal letters. I feel like that one gets a little bit not. It's a little gross, but most of these are just people who just, like you say, just cannot bring themselves to not say something, even though there is no one nothing is, to say. There is nothing to say. They're not saying anything, and no one's benefiting from them just typing something into this comment. You know who I feel bad thread. for though? Who? Joel Lee, who three years ago wrote, "I had one of those for twenty-five years." I sold it. 
big mistake. I assume they the mattress, the not mattress, the not the Vanna White. <laughs> I think so, or the, yeah. Or the chainsaw. Uh, how about the original mattress factory? I'm pretty sure this was just a Cleveland company, right? Does the original mattress factory ring any bells to you? I mean, it sounds like every mattress company on yeah. planet Earth to me, if that's what you mean. Well, this one, uh, I, I feel like I'll, <laughs> this is a whole show where you're like, we're sort of work, we're sort of mm-hmm. revealing the differences between our personalities. Where you're like, you're so steeped in nostalgia that all of these things have like particular resonance for you. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like the landscape that I. It's just like a. It's a blur. Well, I'm not sure. Like, I just, I was legitimately asking because I, Mattress Factory sounds generic to me too. But as I saw this today, I saw that it was like in the Cleveland area. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's because I grew up in Cleveland. But apparently this guy, Ron Trzinski, if I'm saying that correctly, this is a very classic Cleveland or like an Eastern European by way of Cl- Cleveland name. It starts <laughs> with one, two, three, four vowels. Yep. T-R-Z-C. He was the founder of the original Mattress Factory. Ron Turducken. <laughs> Consider the spring. No, the bed spring. A pure spiral of strength that supports your back, neck, and knees. At the original Mattress Factory... Oh, I know why I wanted to... Sh- so this is not that old of a commercial. It's from 2002, according to the YouTube. And they're just showing people, like, literally in the factory making the mattresses. And I guess the only thing I had to say about this one is, like, it looks like shit. It looks like absolute shit seeing yeah. these mattresses being put together. And I really don't think that they should show the the sausage being made. They should just show the yes. final product. Because nothing looks less supportive or comfortable than an, a totally uncovered uh, spring mattress spring. With springs and some foam you remem- and you see the layers. Do you remember this ad? Because this really stuck with me. I wonder if it's in here anywhere. Um, I don't see it. There was an ad for a mattress when we were kids that I remember seeing a lot where... They showed the spring. It was before foam mattresses were everywhere. Or maybe foam mattresses were beginning to be a thing. And so whatever this spring mattress uh, brand was, was trying to compete with it. And they showed a spring in like the, you know, some sort of animation being encased in like. Um, yes, yes. Oh, like a rubber tube, basically. And it helped, made the spring keep its shape. Yes, but but and it made it. It kind of gave the spring maybe a bit of a softer edge to it. Yes, yeah. and it looked so. It really was compelling. Like was it, made, it dipped in wax or something, or was not it not wax? Okay, but right. I, I don't remember what it, how it was coated. But it was like the spring was somehow contained in a flexible uh, tube that enabled it to that prevented it from getting totally busted, basically. Mm-hmm. And I remember like it. It was a very compelling case for why their mattress was better and it looked more like you say like watching it looking at a just a plain old spring mattress of wire looks awful yeah yeah and i can't find that thing on the fly because i don't even know what the what the i can't remember the brand would but yeah, i, would, I can remember the image it sounds of, like a sealy or something i'm sure it was serta or sealy or one of those like major brands but I, i'm not gonna be able to remember on the fly but if we'll look for it or if you're a listener and you remember that ad uh maybe send it to us so i also wanted to look for aside from the the um slinky i was interested in uh looking for wind-up toys uh-huh and, and I typed that in. I was just getting all kinds of random stuff that wasn't worth really landing on until I remembered, oh, my gosh, Strollin' Bowlin'. Now, this was a game I had as a kid, but then somebody else gave it to me as an adult, and I thought it was you. It wasn't you? First of all, it's spelled Strollin' Bowling, but in the commercials <laughs> and everything, they call it Strollin' Bowling. And it was a, it's like a, it's a little square that kind of folds in half, and you can unfold it, and it's like a little bowling 
lane uh-huh. with pins that are just like two dimensional pins that you pop up. And then there's a little black ball with feet, almost like it's like the um, chattering teeth kind of style toy, only it's a little black ball with orange feet, and you oh, wind it up yes. and it goes click, 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 Maybe click, Maybe I did get you one and of I those. And I think, because I had it as a kid, totally forgot about it, yeah. and then somehow it came back I into my life as last... an adult, and now it's gone again. Oh, I don't know where it is now, but you and I once went to um, a bowling party where where there were prizes for... Um, for for best bowling, there was also a prize for the lowest bowling score, which I won easily, quite handily. Where, what era of our life was this? We would have. I think it was like. Was it in New England? Was it that shitty candle pin bowling? No, Sorry, real, no offense, New England. It was real but... bowling. I feel I don't remember the circumstances. Huh. I feel like maybe we were down in Portland visiting our friends, or it was something I like. Never that. remember bowling for prizes except for when I was in the mother son league in. Uh, <laughs> When I was in like sixth grade. Or mother boy. It was very mother, mother, boy. mother boy. We won 30. first place. My mom was a great bowler. <laughs> For real. We won yeah. first place. We have a giant trophy somewhere. I don't think so anymore. But uh, I think you were with me. I remember going. I think I was I out of I town. I bowled for prizes. I remember we were out of town somewhere. Or maybe we were in LA and it just feels like we were out of town. But I remember being with some people I didn't know very well other than the friends we were with. And bowling so terribly that I won the booby prize. Interesting. And, it, and, it and you was don't a remember bunch... who the friends we were with were, huh? I feel like it was our Portland friends, but I'm, Interesting. I'm not okay. positive. Anyway, I remember that the prize was a sort of a grab bag full of bowling-themed little toys and tchotchkes. And that seems like something that might have been in that bag. Maybe, but I mean, that's a pretty good booby prize. Strolling bowling? Take a listen to this. There's a little bowling alley right there. You wind up the ball. It's got a little bowling shoes to wear. Strolling, bowling, strolling, bowling, strolling, bowling, strolling, bowling. It's a little bowling ball that walks right down the lane. It's funny. It's strange. This little bowling game. <laughs> strolling bowling is a little portable bowling alley from Tommy. Is that not a great commercial? That song, it's got. It, they mentioned it's, it's, it's a bowling. It's a little bowling ball that walks right down, down the lane. lane. And they and mentioned it's got bowling shoes on. I love it. And they show the little boy who's playing with, I guess, his sister or friend hopping along next to the bowling uh-huh. ball, imitating it. Also, it's a Tommy toy. No wonder it looks so good. Um, do you know those little um, kitchen miniatures that we have on our on the wall in our kitchen oh yeah the little dollhouse kitchen yes. little stove and, it's and, a little, and yeah. every little detail about it is uh. is operative i mean of course the stove doesn't work but like there's no nothing on it that's just like a sticker like every little piece of plastic is molded every little drawer opens every little like every little oven door opens and that's a tome those are tomey mm-hmm. toys as well they're incredibly well made i guess i think that the when i Got another strolling bowling uh, as an adult, as a young man in my 20s or 30s. I'm pretty sure that it was like not vintage. I think that mm-hmm. Tommy might have recreated them or so yeah, maybe some other brand re- bought re- it or I something. I think they've been reissued. But now yeah. I'm looking at it and it doesn't look like the reissues are out there anymore. So if I wanted to get, if I wanted to enter the third strolling bowling era <laughs> of my life, I'd have to buy it used on eBay, which I don't think I'm ready to do. Like, I think like, 
if you got rid of your second one, you don't deserve a third one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was that was really fun to go down memory lane. And also, I just legitimately love that song. That is such a good commercial. It that is. to me it's wins a great the ad. day. Uh, what else has springs? Well, shocks and struts. You'll be shocked to hear. This commercial, yeah, Monroe shocks and struts. First of all, um, I stumbled on some of these. Do you remember... I wouldn't have until I saw it that Monroe Shocks and Struts used the characters from that comic strip BC for a long time. They had this whole campaign because oh, BC had that guy. They on licensed the, the BC characters. Yes, and I there were a whole bunch. Like, because the I guy always rode the that. wheel. Remember, he was a caveman who just rode the one wheel, which right. we, now we see all over Seattle. Those guys riding the one wheel devices. <laughs> yes. Here we are. Here we are. Only they're only they're magic now. Um, but. This is not one of those. This is like a, a commercial that actually has, you know, like it's not a cartoon. It's 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 voiced by um James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, thank you. I wrote that in the notes and now my notes are on the other page, but I literally today had to type in Darth Vader voice. I couldn't conjure wow. the name. One of the most First you famous. thought of Goop, then you thought of Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> then you thought <laughs> Right. Gwyneth Paltrow was in a movie with James Earl Jones. James, no, I actually don't know if she ever was. Maybe not. Huh. But anyway, what's, I wonder how many degrees of separation. I was going to say that would be the weak link in the six degrees of separation <laughs> game. Um, but this is voiced over by James Earl Jones. This has got, this. according to the internet, is from 1990. This has got to be the most serious, serious commercial about shocks and struts I've ever seen. I mean, I don't mean to overplay it so that you're disappointed, but it's just like... It just is so heavy. There's no dashboard light to warn you. No dipstick to check. Now, as we're hearing this voiceover, this is a very 90s imagery, right? Like we're yeah. sort of seeing close-ups of like a dipstick and a First dashboard. First, a, a garage door opens and we see a, a man and a very little child who he's leading by the hand. But in, only in, silhouettes. In silhouette against yeah. the, dark, the bright outside light, looking at this, sort of walking by this car as we're seeing close-ups of like the dipstick and the... You know the other the other parts that James Earl Jones is describing, and it's very much like that 1990s neo noir feel. Like it's all lights and shadows, very severe yeah. lights and shadows with like a fog machine or whatever blowing somewhere. There's no dashboard light to warn you. No dipstick to check. Yet when warm, they could cause your car to lose control and break it. Don't find out your shocks and struts are worn by accident. Get your shocks and struts inspected at your Monroe retailer soon. So then... Monroe, your safety could depend on it. So when we start mentioning Monroe shocks and struts, then suddenly we see the kid and the dad in, the, in, in full light and the kid is all in pink and very cute. And, and buckled safely and into a car seat. Buckled safely in there and the colors become warmer or whatever. But is that not a very I, serious commercial? I really think, I know James Earl Jones is famous for doing voiceovers and of course his voice is un, unmistakable. I think they overshot there. Mm -hmm. In terms of how scary that commercial should have been. Okay, you agree. Yeah, I think like they, I mean, and you can't, like getting James Earl Jones and then having him dial it up to 11 with the serious voice, like they should have asked him to warm it up a little bit or something. Like make it more, it, it sounds like he's warning us about a serial killer. Yeah. You know, like make it 
make it a little bit more friendly. It's a spring. It's a spring. Calm down, James Earl Jones. <laughs> it's a spring. I have here a, this might be the oldest commercial we've ever played on the show. It's from 1938, and it's also the longest. It's wow. nine minutes long. That was, uh, they didn't know about what commercials should be, so they were like, I guess they're just like short-ish TV shows. I'm guessing that this was possibly shown in classrooms. Oh, so it's more like, more or... like a... a a video like well it uh, or like a you know like a, an instructional it might have been shown before movies because this is before you know this is 1938 yeah, so there's no TV. tv um it might have been shown before films yeah were they it even might sh- have been disseminated to like classrooms or to but where would, how would you show people? it in a classroom they didn't have like projectors and oh that's a good point yeah so i don't know this is almost like um as and, and this the comments on this one is very interesting too because they're all just a bunch of like really old guys and yes they're all guys being like ah oh, back in the day you could both educate and be an engineer and market all at the same same time like it's all these people like just well, like, they only let like one quarter of the population hold a job outside the home or a white exactly. job outside the home it was a lot easier to do all the stuff 1938 when actual engineering was used to advertise to the consumers instead of just feels thanks charles beers who uh is charles beers also an investment firm or something charles beer sounds like a like a jewelry distributor or something anyway forget i said all of that we'll cut it out in post no we won't (laughs) um anyway i'm not going to play a nine minute commercial from 1938 although i did think that this um chevrolet suspension system commercial was worth sharing with you because i think again it's nine minutes long we talk about pain points which is a, a term that i cringe to say but when i would have to sit down with like people who wanted to advertise on our podcast i they would say they'd do an onboarding call with me and they'd always say okay we got to talk about what the pain points are and right. then how our product or service and like it's oh, i'd always roll my eyes at pain point but it also really stuck with me and what i love about this really long commercial question mark instructional video question mark is that they just keep going on and on and on and on and on about the pain point <laughs> until they finally get to the solution or at least the beginning of explaining what the solution can be. And it begins, I'm guessing this is Coney Island where this takes place. Chevrolet presents Over the Waves. I think this definitely aired in movie theaters. Okay. We see people going down roller coasters and the such. Like a log flume ride. Neck twisters, spine shakers. Rides like this are a lot of fun, once in a while, and for some people. But few of us would like to do very much traveling over the waves of a roller coaster. (laughs) These are only a few of the devices that man has invented to give himself a thrill and a pain in the neck. Sudden ups and downs are all right in an amusement device. But automobiles haven't much use for them. Now we're just seeing all kinds of footage, like really cool footage for the time too, yeah. of like of these rides spinning around. I want to go on some of those rides. Cameras are on the uh, on the rides. I mean, some really interesting footage. But like we are, you know, a commercial's length into this so far, yeah. and we're still just talking about man has enjoyed rides. <laughs> the automobile engineers know that in our motor cars we want comfort and a smooth, level ride. So now you're going to tell me how you do it? Even when we want to travel on the level, the ups and downs, the waves in the Earth's surface complicate the problem of getting a smooth, comfortable ride. Okay, now he'll tell us. The bumps and dips in the Earth's surface over which we travel 
have been reduced. Great progress has been made By in leveling roads, and smoothing out roads and highways. But automotive engineers have long known that all roads can never be made perfectly smooth. <laughs> Even the smooth, paved roads have long, gradual waves. Or small, sharp bumps. So here we're still the pain points. I keep waiting. Still, like, ta still talking every, about the waves. Every time he pauses, I think he's going to be like, and that's why the, en I think he calls them engineers at <laughs> Chevrolet. <laughs> perfectly smooth. Even the smooth, paved roads have long, gradual <laughs> waves. Or small, sharp bumps that have different effects at different speeds. The wheels of our motor cars follow these waves. <laughs> Are you getting it? Are you following me? With each change me? in the surface of the road. So to give us the smooth, level ride we want, engineers knew that the smoothing and leveling would have to be done by the motor car itself. He did say engineers there. I don't know why I heard it as engineers the first time I watched this. <laughs> now, this is where the video really kicks in and becomes very instructional, and it's very visual. But I actually really... I wanted to play this for you because I thought the beginning was so funny, but like it actually is kind of interesting. They start with a very simple like toy wheel that is kind of itself doesn't move, but a track underneath it moves. Yeah. And then the track every now and then has a bump on it. But also behind it is a piece of paper, a strip of paper that moves with the, the quote unquote bumpy road. And it's got a pen attached to it. So you can see. And it. so you can see that the faster you go, the, the wave of the bump changes. And then as this goes on again, we're like two minutes into a nine minute thing. They keep on this toy, adding more and more different kinds of springs and saying, well, if you do this, then it'll smooth it out. But I if you see. do this in the back and they they end up starting so simple and then end up showing you a pretty in a model complex system of shocks and struts and how like okay this will make it bounce smoother but then it'll continue longer unless you have this thing that mitigates it it's actually it, kind of interesting it is interesting i mean it is also easy to forget that this is a hundred almost a hundred years old like yeah. you know all of these concepts that we have like roads and cars and you know uh, motorized vehicles and paved roads even I mean they're like this mm -hmm. is sort of like introducing the idea of like we've paved roads for these cars it's yep. like in the same way that if someone did a commercial now or like a long infomercial about how um, electric chargers um, like how a network of electric chargers would yeah. work for electric vehicles like I would need to know that like if we were to yep. buy an electric car I would be re really baffled right this minute about like well, okay, I know where a charger is in my neighborhood or I could mm -hmm. install one on my house, but what if I wanted to like drive to, you know, Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. Can I do that? Like I would need a video about that would probably look about this um, elementary and sort of like ham-fisted in a hundred years, but I would need it now to tell me like, how does this all work? How do these electric charged vehicles get their charge and go on the roads? And I got to say, because you have a bit of an engineering brain yourself. Do and, I? Uh, that I, is I think literally I think, the first time anyone has ever. I said think that, that you are fascinated by some of this stuff, whether or not you, whether or not it's like my brain doesn't naturally. I think like figure things out like this, but I'm interested. But you're in a things. lifelong learner. 
Yes. And I, I think I, that like, I think there's something about the fact that like you, we've done a few projects around the house and now you are just kind of champing at the bit to like bite off bigger and bigger yeah. projects. I think that you do get very excited to learn about how I love things learning work about things, and yeah. learning about new tools. I'm going to needle drop this a little bit further in. So I've sort of set up to, for you that it's kind of got this, this toy wheel. And now I believe that they've just introduced the idea of a bit of a spring system on it, but it's still like kind of drawing a line on this piece of paper behind it as it hits bumps. The is considerably greater. In slow motion photography, we can see that the wheel climbs the bump and bounces into the air. Of course, this jolting is passed on to the platform. We can mount a fairly stiff spring underneath the platform to see how it will affect the jolting. Now, anyway, it goes on from there. And like I said, I don't have a good power out for that one. I just want to share it with you. I'm going to watch the whole thing later when we're not on the show. Yeah, and we'll put the link into the show notes again and on Facebook. And you guys can watch it there. Probably should leave it there. But the only thing I could think of that also has springs in it is a diving board. And <laughs> they, I, don't, they don't sell a lot of those with commercials. No, but this is a commercial that features a diving board. And it's for, for Kohl's, the, um, the uh, I guess, clothing store department store i guess is what kohl's yeah. is right um and i think this is interesting because fashion retailer i actually don't think this is that great of uh a commercial i really hate the dad at the end of it but i love the first person perspective of a little kid climbing up the ladder to a diving board at a public pool so you see other people around but the whole thing i'm pretty sure is committed to just a point of view so it's sort of a shaky camera as you see little hands climbing up this ladder and then for me I mean it's been a really really long time since I've jumped off of a diving board yeah would you it, ever at this point in well, your life well it's funny because I'm scared of heights but also most diving boards aren't that super high especially the ones I would have been on as a kid I one thing about me as scared as I am of the world I've always been a pretty strong swimmer or at least I was as a youth uh, yeah. now I don't know if I'm a strong swimmer but you know I've never been afraid of the water or of swimming in fact I got into some trouble as a kid because I was a little bit too too excited when I saw a pool and jumped in <laughs> with too many clothes and glasses on and scared the living shit out of my parents but um anyway I just thought this really really captured a feeling that I'd forgotten about that feeling of being a little bit nervous and getting up on the board and feeling that that gritty sensation underneath your bare feet as you make your way out yes. to the end of the board and for very specifically the feeling of loneliness or 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 aloneness if not loneliness just the I want to say solid solitariness maybe of being all the way up there you sort of feel like everybody is down there everything sounds different the 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 voices of the kids down below seem very far away when you're up on a diving board okay come on keep going i can do it isn't that isn't that footage like pretty like good like it's again it's all first person so it's like kind of like you know you see the kid kind of gripping the side and clearly the whole point here is this kid is very nervous about this and yeah it they, sounds like a pretty little kid and the and the camera does sort of a it's up there and it's so, somewhat shaky and it kind of like it it pans across the swimming pool area I can do it remember bud it's it's just water <laughs> okay. Then it says yes to small steps, yes to giant leaps, yes to big boy trunks. 
I'm so proud of you, man. You're the man. I hate I hate when the dad says you're the man. Uh, I kind of just hate uh, everything about that dad. But um, I, really, I don't know why that dad irritates dad, me so I mean, much. You're the man. It's you know. I don't know if I would expect if I would use the phrase or want you know want someone to use the phrase you're the man to a little boy. It's a little mm-hmm. dated, but. It wouldn't really catch my ear that much if I heard it in in public. And I thought otherwise the dad's way of encouraging the son. And and I think you get a glimpse of the dad at the very end from the little boy's perspective, like is a very warm, encouraging uh, happy dad. That is true. He, I maybe I maybe I just did have a somewhat weird reaction to you, the man. I kind of hate that expression. I mean, both because it is weirdly sexist and well, weirdly gendered. I'll say, um, and I just hate that phrase. In the same way, I hate the phrase "you rock." Like that. That's <laughs> yeah. not gendered at all. I just right. You makes just don't my, like it. Um, but you're right. He's not like some like real brosophy dad with Far like razor it. sunglasses or so. He's kind of doofusy with his like bucket hat or whatever. Yeah, he's got yeah. a little bucket hat and some mattress shorts. And all right, you've you've. You maybe come around on the dad. All right. I don't think it's the best commercial. I think it's. I think the sound design is really good. I think the first person perspective is actually easy to do, but pretty effective here. Yeah. Tying it back to Coles. I was is just going to say. <laughs> I just watched it, and I re- even remember everything that happened in it. And they say, "Here's to small steps and big leaps." And, what and then now? trunks, and, and here's to boys' trunks or something like that, and or to swimming that's trunks. That's the connection. Yeah, it was kind of come on. I mean, it might be it might be one of those things where it was really part of a campaign where they had a bunch of commercials like that that all they gave draw- a feeling of some sort and, and tie you know. it to a particular item that they sell. Yeah, exactly. I can certainly see that. Um, Maybe, but that's all. As a, that was a long walk for a short leap, if you will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Do you know who is the musician who does the yip 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 in this song? No, I don't. I never know the answer to any of these questions. Yeah, me neither. But I'd love, I, what if that's the only thing they ever contributed to the musical world? <laughs> Just saying yip 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 in this song. Um, I don't know who it is either. Uh, okay, so that music means it is time for the segment called "With Love from Me to YouTube." I'm going to play for you this commercial that I found on an old VHS tape, not all that long ago, a few months ago. I think I stumbled on this one. This is. The Democratic Medicare political ad, it's, I think, the president's plan versus the Republican plan. And this is, of course, the Bill Clinton era. And again, I don't even remember exactly what about this struck me. It's just so of a time. And while there are still plenty of political ads these days, I and I guess I'm probably just not watching the channels where there are political ads aimed at policies like this isn't even though this is like the president's plan and this is clearly a democratic commercial it's about a specific policy it's not taking aim at an election cycle or anything it's just it's just trying to build public support for this preserving medicare for the next generation the right choice but what's the right way Republicans say double premiums, deductibles, no coverage if you're under 67, 270 billion in cuts, but less than half the money reaches the Medicare trust fund. That's wrong. We can secure Medicare without these new costs on the elderly. That's the president's plan. Cut waste, control costs, save Medicare, balance the budget. The right choice for our families. It does. I love how they show like when they get when you get the scary music, you get a black and white photo of Newt Gingrich yeah. and Bob Dole. Yep. 
um, villains of yesteryear who are so quaint now. And then at the very end, a, a elderly grandma picks up a baby. So we see the, the future, the of, future Me- yeah. of Medicare and the present of Medicare. Or, yeah, Medicare. And so let's see. When... Oh, gosh, I'm so dumb. Was 96 a presidential election year? So maybe this was specifically aimed at the election cycle. It wasn't just a a mid-cycle issue. It was probably building up like this. They show one brief glimpse of. Yeah, I mean, healthcare was so pivotal and central to the Clinton years. And of course, you know, it was Hillary I think was like instrumental in trying to get um, universal health care passed or, or health care reform passed. And it was a, you know, did not go well. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her run. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Vids, what's in the ad council? What is in the Ad Council? Well, let's start with, um, we talked at, um, I don't know, we've talked over in several episodes about Carvana vending machines, and we're sort of baffled by them, and like we, it it took us a long time to realize that they weren't a metaphor or a figure of speech, that there are actually like a building where you get a car out of a, I guess, vending machine of sorts. And so Mike sent this in, and I'm really grateful, Mike, for you sharing this. Uh, Mike says, I took a trip to the nearby Carvana vending machine after hearing you talk about them in a recent episode. Here's a shot of the structure and the slot where you deposit the token to retrieve the vehicle. I thought you might be interested in seeing one in the wild. I definitely am. Hmm. So if you've never seen one of these things, and I don't know where we have one around here, if there even is one around here. I've never seen one in, in our region, but it may just be something I've never passed. You have what basically looks like a car sales lot except sticking up out of it as a big glass tower and in that tower are some cars on different levels and you can see them you know through the transparent window and then apparently the token thing is like you go into the lobby of this tower and there's a pillar that's about waist high um, and it's kind of got like a an angled top and Am I to believe that the Carvana people, you sit in the room, I assume you like do all the paperwork, all the financing, all the stuff, and then they're like, okay, mm-hmm. here comes the fun part. I'm guessing, yeah, they, and they hand you a big token. And they hand you a big cartoon token, and you pretend to go buy your car with a pretend, with a with a token. Like, yeah. do is this satisfying for people? Like, I, I'd just be like, this is absurd. It's theater. Like, I don't need the theater. Like, I just, you know, took out a loan for $15,000 or whatever. Like, I, that's absurd. Here's a video I just found online of it, too. Look at these. So the tokens are like, the tokens are like the size of, I don't know, a small Frisbee. You can keep it for later. And you put it right in there. And yeah, so it's like, here you are. And like, instead of handing you the keys, they hand you this token, right? And then you put it in the vending machine, but then do you get to keep it as a souvenir? In which case... Yeah, you do. What's the point of putting it in the vending machine? You, you should at least have to exchange it for your car. Yeah, like if you wanted to, you could just say, I'm keeping the token. Yeah, and I'll I'm bring it... use it at a different day. I'll use it on a different day. Yeah, because it's... I mean, obviously, you're not just kind of like, here's a token, now go pick out your car. I'm right. sure that you like... You did all the paperwork. The token is like purely it's just clanking down there and then somebody's pushing a button somewhere to get you the car that you bought exactly it's like i just sort of 
feel sorry for everybody involved. It seems, I'm emba- not feel sorry. I'm embarrassed for everybody involved. It sounds involved. like you're jealous. I'm not jealous. Really? Yeah, I definitely, this isn't what jealousy looks or feels like. Okay, all right, because I know something about jealousy. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I guess apologies to any of our listeners who did this ridiculous exercise in car buying theater. Because if it was a truly a vending machine, you should be able to walk out of there with that coin yeah. and then come back some other time. And yeah, just but be you like, know you can't. Here, I'm just going to put this in. I'm going to choose a car now. Yeah. I bought a coin. Also, yeah, you can't choose any car. You already you have to choose the car that you bought. I assume. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe that's like. Maybe, maybe there's like a the couple trick. you can pick from. That yeah. would be kind of funny. But you get two coins, you can buy a more expensive one. <laughs> and then the car gets stuck like a bag of Lay's. It would be so funny if like the tokens had real value and if you could like break into, if there was like a heist of a Carvana <laughs> yeah. and somebody stole all the tokens, then they showed up the next day and just were like, well, here's my token. Yeah, exactly. You don't know how I got it. Exactly. Don't it's look. as good as cash. It's a vending machine. It's a vending machine. Well, you think vending machines are checking to see where I got these quarters? Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. Suck it, Carvana. All right. Um, okay, moving on from my irrational hatred of Carvana. Um, this is from Ben. Ben heard you and Luke on TBTL uh, talking about, uh, he says that he thinks Luke mentioned offhand how Mattress Firm, the company, had bought out a Northwest mattress chain. Um, you know, and of course, Mattress Firm has become sort of like they've been eating up all these like yeah. local mattress stores. It was Sleep Train right. before. Well, that was Get on the them. Sleep Train! <laughs> <Train-o>! <laughs> Uh, I guess trains don't say Hong Kong. Where I grew up, trains said Hong Kong. The train says Hong Kong. (laughs) I'm not going to get to... The pig says moo. I'm not going to get to go to the next level (laughs) of a nursery school with these these low scores. Um, Anyway, um, so Luke apparently mentioned that that they bought out a mattress chain and that uh, Ben says the same thing happened in the Boston metro area with our local mattress chain and it was a travesty. Our local place was called Sleepies, and their slogan was... Ooh, I like that. I know, right? Listen to this. You're going to love this. Trust Sleepies for the rest of your life. Oh, God. That's so good. So good, right? And he says this is just a chef's kiss slogan for a mattress place with its double meaning. And then they got bought out by this completely uninspired mattress firm, and it was the day that creativity died. I totally agree, Ben. Anyway, Ben shared with us this link to the Sleepies ad... And he's trying to get me to go straight to the jingle, but there's a lot of goodness in here. So we're going to watch the whole thing. Uh, he says, the jingle remains stuck into my head years after they were bought out. Um, and uh, But but let's get to the, the, it is a great jingle and, and he's right about that. But let's watch this whole ad. So we just have a woman, kind of a suburban looking white woman. She's sitting on a bed with like a one of those um, wrought iron bed frames around it. And she's just talking about like how comfortable the mattress is, but look at the camera angle on this. I, it's like she's on a ship or something. It's like so tilty. The minute I walked into Sleepy's, I felt great. Their selection was enormous. Their mattress professionals took me exactly to the mattress that was perfect for me. I shopped around department stores, other mattress stores, and there wasn't a place that had prices lower than Sleepy's. I have 60 days to live with my mattress, and if I don't like it, Sleepy's will come get it, and they'll make it right. No problems, no questions. Doesn't just like rest of your life doesn't she look like she's about to slide off the mattress like the shot is so tilty yeah that's a weird 
decision. A really weird decision. Like, was one of the legs on your tripod just defective? And they were like, well, this is as good as it gets. Maybe they couldn't get the lines straight in a way that they like. So they're like, well, let's just lean let's into it. Let's just do it. a Dutch angle yeah. on this. I don't know. Anyway, I do love these, both the slogan and the jingle. And now it looks like we have a voicemail here. We do. This is not a jingle, but it is a voicemail. And I'm really, uh, I, I really want to get into it. So why don't you play this message from Jessica? Uh-oh, I'm playing this directly from Google Voice. And my computer is saying this is suspected spam, Genevieve. Google, you know what you're talking about. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is listener Jessica, and I'm calling from Rhode Island. I was just listening to the show today about um, aunties and uncles. And I'm calling from Rhode Island, but I grew up in Vermont. And I thought somebody might address this on the show, but it's spelled aunt, like A-U-N-T. And everybody says aunt. I grew up saying aunt and aunties and uncles, but I, I don't know where aunt comes from. And it, I thought for sure somebody was going to address this on the show today. But instead, everybody just keeps saying aunt. <laughs> is this like a regional dialect? Um, it is distracting to me. <laughs> but I love the show, and I will tune in every week from from now until forever. Oh. So keep it coming. <laughs> the I rest love of your it. Life. But um, just anybody say <laughs> aunt anymore? It's bizarre to me. Okay. Bye. When we were in New England, um, I noticed that people called their aunts and uncles yes. aunts and uncles. But I didn't grow up saying that. And it sounds like such a put on to me. I can't just change at age forty six and start saying aunt. It really feels like a a blue bloody way. And I'm sure that's just you know I don't think I'm right that it should, but it just does to me. Yeah, it definitely. It wasn't a shock to me at all to hear that she grew up in Vermont. Um, that is mostly where I grew up uh, in Atlanta. People said aunt. My my aunts and uncles were aunts and uncles. I think the fact that, you know, we have an aunt problem uh, for that mm-hmm. um, Geico ad is evidence that it's a pretty prevailing pronunciation for the word. Because if it weren't, if it were, if, if aunt were the prevailing pronunciation, I don't think that commercial would work uh, sort of in such yeah, a universal course, context. Yeah. But but um, uh, the, she's right. Jessica's right that it does have two pronunciations. And certainly people in New England when we moved there said aunt. And I've heard aunt so much and I've lived in so many different places now that I'm a little bit ambidextrous on it. Sometimes I'll, I'll sometimes aunt will come out even though I grew up saying aunt. Um, but I thought this was good. I, I found some I was curious about the the distinction between the two because there are they are both correct pronunciations but I was curious like sort of what's the derivation or what's the you know kind of what's the history on that pronunciation I went to grammar phobia and I I will say I think that grammar phobia is a pretty reliable source I kind of looked at the bona fides of the or bona fides another one you can do both ways um for the uh, the writers of this grammar blog, and they're like a journalist and an English teacher and a New York former New York Times reporter who wrote about books. So, you know, kind of like believable people. Anyway, Grammarphobia says the word ant has two correct, correct pronunciations, ant like the insect and aunt. Both pronunciations are given in, in that order in the American Heritage Dictionary of, of the English Language and the Merriam-Webster Collegiate Dictionary. The first ant is by far the predominant, uh, the first ant is by far the predominant American pronunciation. The second, aunt, is common in the Northeast, in some Southern dialects, not mine, 
and among African-Americans. British speakers today also prefer the second pronunciation, aunt, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, but many phonologists and other scholars have shown that the pronunciation of aunt or ant varies widely in Britain and that ant and aunt are pronounced the same by many speakers um, by in, in, northern, in the northern counties. I don't know what that, I guess, of England, Ireland, I don't know. Um, in fact, ant was once the preferred pronunciation in Britain, which is weird that it's changed yeah, over this in is Britain. What's, I'm seeing this on several different websites that ant was actually first. Yeah. That it changed you to aunt later. You would think, like, it's hard to picture, like, the the people in a Jane Austen novel saying, like, they're ant. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the dominant American pronunciation is actually an older relic of British usage in the late 18th century. Yeah, and it says here that, um, uh, let's see here, the Random House Webster's unabridged notes that ant pronunciation was brought to America before British English developed the ah sound. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So what we're saying here is, Jessica, you're wrong. Well, I mean, she's not wrong. I know, I'm just trying to get her She's absolutely right that that's the way she grew up pronouncing it and that it is a perfectly acceptable pronunciation. But I think that... She might be surprised to know that ant is is the more dominant pronunciation. You know, it's funny, and I was totally teasing there, Jessica. I don't actually think you're, quote-unquote, wrong. That doesn't make any sense. But, um, boy, after me spoofing on that and then me going after candlepin bowling kind of bluntly pretty, earlier. Pretty uh, heavy, heavy on the New England and after Jessica like said like oh I'm with you guys for, forever forever yeah. and I'm like ooh man <laughs> stay with us Jessica stay with us you can sell anything you can sell anything all right Genevieve let's end this podcast and do another one next week. All right, good. Yeah. How does that great. sound? That sounds great. I That's how I'm going to start closing the show. I thought now. that was going to end in a different way. Yes, let's keep doing the show. Yeah, definitely. But not listen. this show. Not this no, episode. No, we'll stop doing this let's episode. Let's stop doing this episode. And start doing another one next time, next, next this time next week. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, until that uh, sainted day, um, <laughs> please visit us on the Facebook group. Um, please visit us on our YouTube page where Andrew posts these very fun vintage ads from the '90s. Ooh, I got a, I, I got a good tape. A new so. Oh, all you, of, you broke all, up with a new tape, huh? All of my tapes have so far have either been Mariners games, Disney, Disney free preview, or FX right. shows. I got an A and E tape. Sweet. Okay, so some new a yes, new, and a new I'm crop seeing of and ads. still like I don't have anything in there that tells me specifically what year. I'm waiting for like a a trailer for a movie. Yeah. I need something that can. An so anchor. I haven't uploaded them yet, but it's a nice new fresh influx of commercials I haven't seen yet. That's yeah. exciting. Um, so go check out what he's putting up there. He puts some new things up all the time. Email us at after these messages show at gmail. Call us at six zero seven. 444-5597 that's 607-444-5597 and we'll talk to you next week had the juice now hey yo the government is lies son united states of google verizon